0: Deep the Mining podcast, and today we have a returning guest who appeared back in March 2021, which was episode 134. Brett Richards is the CEO and Director of Gold Shore Resources, who are working on a major historical multi-million ounce gold opportunity in Ontario, Canada, Um, and keen to know more about this exciting asset. Um, Obviously, Brett has a wealth of experience and knowledge over 30 years. Uh, working in the industry for the likes of Banro, Roxgold, Katanga Mining, and King Ross. Um, And his expertise lies in financing of mines, developing operations, and M&A. So Brett is going to give us an update on Goldshore. Um, and those that obviously um, haven't heard Brett speak before, obviously go back and revisit episode 134, which was done in March 2021. So Brett, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing great, Rob. Thanks for having me on the show again.
0: No, and I appreciate your time again as well. So for those that don't know you, I just want to even give us a quick overview of your background and yourself, um, and I suppose also a snapshot of Gold Shore Resources.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, my background is, is quite simple. I've been in this business for a long time, over 35 years. Uh, I've run a number of listed companies. I've started a number of listed companies, uh, both in Canada and the UK. Uh, I was the CEO of of Avocet um, PLC um, on the main board in, in London. Took it from two hundred million dollar market cap to one point two billion dollar market cap, and and I was one of the founding uh, shareholders and founders of Katanga Mining in the DRC. And for the past kind of five or six years, I've been working for private equity firms up until the point in time when this gold shore opportunity came along, and and I I actually uh, I. I made the overture to, to run it. I was actually uh, solicited as an investor for the project, and I said, I like this so, so much, I want to run it.
0: Got you. And what did you mean? Just give us an ob- overview of Gold Show.
1: Sure. Um, so we acquired the Moss Lake project from Westone back in January of 21. We acquired it for $52 million, uh, 12, 12 and a half in cash and the balance in shares, and some of those shares are, are still to be paid out over milestones. And um, subsequent to that, I raised 25 million dollars um, for the uh, transaction and to support the development of the project. We were listed on June the 4th of 2021 and uh, we started our, our kind of a our, our very comprehensive exploration uh, strategy. We started out with a, a, a very large geophysical VTEM survey over the entire property. And we commenced a 100,000 meter drill. And all last summer and fall, we were kind of getting, 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 kind of organized on the ground and, and getting our people in place, et cetera, and um, and also in a very difficult time. I have to mention, you know, COVID and supply chain and and you know labor shortages were all quite quite on the forefront last year. But we managed to to execute and get through it all. And now we raised uh, another ten million dollars in last November, and we've just raised another ten million dollars in uh, in the past two weeks, closed on, a, I think it was April 16th. And that uh, now secures us to get through our program for the remainder, for the lion's share of this year. Um, we have uh, we have about 80,000 meters left to do, but we're going to see kind of constant news flow from now until the end of the year.
0: Yeah. Um, obviously, uh, we last spoke back in March 2021. So it's nearly, uh, nearly 12, 13 months ago. Um, can you update on some of the activities um, that you've been involved in? Obviously, you just mentioned a couple of uh, raises there. Um, what else has has been doing? And I suppose also, how has COVID affected um, affected you guys uh, over the last year?
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll start with the COVID question. You know, we had uh, we had various incidents of COVID uh, early on. We implemented a very strict COVID protocol and policy still abide by it today, even though some of the restrictions uh, federally have been released uh, in Canada policy. Um, it's just, I think, good business going forward. But um, yeah, there were some slowdowns. And you know assay turnaround went from two, three weeks to twelve weeks and thirteen weeks. And you know the delivery of certain consumables to our site, you know took longer because you know there was labor shortages and people shortages. So all of those kind of compounding things of last year, had an impact, but, you know, they didn't, uh, they, they didn't put uh, a chink in our will. We continued to, uh, we continued to kind of carry on and, and, and move forward with, uh, with, um, uh, you know, with our program, but, but what have we done, um, since our, our last discussion? Well, I, I think we, we have, um, a couple of really key things. First of all, we not only got got through the VTEM survey, but we got all the interpretation done on it, which is very meaningful. And you can go to our website and see the verify link to uh, to uh, to our 3D model, and it really illustrates what I've been saying from the very beginning. This deposit is much bigger, much wider, much longer, much deeper than 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 what um, you know what is historically known from the historic kind of work that's been done. We have four million ounces of historical resource, and that in itself is probably econo- it is economic enough at today's gold price to put in took the, the the stance that we were going to 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 drill this out to what we felt could be a tier one status. And a tier one status is ten million ounces, a ten year plus generational mine life, so ten years and ten years more, and you know, lower half of the cost curve and a big production profile. And we felt that, you know, this this property, um, the quality of this deposit, you know, lended this comprehensive uh, amount of work to it to, to really, really realize some, some big value here. So that VTEM survey was done. It has now given us 29 brand new targets to, I'll say, test, uh, as well as verify, because there is some historic drilling done on all this. In order to you know get us up to tier one status, and that's just at Moss Lake. We haven't really dealt with the size and potential that we see now at Coldstream and North Coldstream and Hamlin Lake. Uh, again, very very compelling. Different geology, uh, different mineralization, but you know our focus is on Moss Lake, but we have this tremendous upside as well.
0: Yeah, um, and how long do you sort of envisage, envisage d- uh, drilling going on for? Um, and then what comes after the drilling?
1: So um, I expect we're going to get through our 80,000 remaining metres this year. Uh, we have decided to, to really crank it up. We're, we're running four rigs right now. We, you know, we, we went through some typical hiccups through the winter time, but we're going to ramp this up to eight or nine rigs very soon in the next few weeks. And we're going to run nine rigs right out through uh, to uh, till we're done our programme. And we want to make uh, take advantage of uh, um, certainly the warm weather in the summer and the fall uh, and dry weather, so that we can you know you know utilize that time as best as possible. When we get through our program, and the hundred thousand meter number is just a number; it doesn't mean anything. There's no kind of engineered definition as to what you know why we stopped at that, but we just felt that it was that level of quantum needed to be able to prove up the existing resource and to also expand the existing resource to something to tier one status. And I think we're still going to leave a whole bunch of upside on the table when we get there, but that was the the, the purpose of doing it. So if we get through our program this year, we'll be looking at updating the PEA um, after a resource estimation update. But I think the, the 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 resource update will come kind of January of next year, February of next year. And in parallel we'll start a new pea and hopefully we're sitting here this time next year talking about the economic outputs from uh from the pea then from the new PEA. so that kind of captures uh the next 12 months and beyond the next 12 months there there's a lot of i'll say um there's a lot of permutations of what can happen and i'd be you know from all the way from you know from us carrying on and doing more work and and, uh, you know, taking us all the way to feasibility study, all the way to partnering with somebody on some form of M&A transaction.
0: Yeah. And obviously you mentioned supply chains. Have they have those improved since last year? And obviously those timeframes, have they been reduced at all?
1: Yeah, no, I, I, they haven't. Um, I, I, we saw we saw maybe a bit of a pickup before Christmas. But I think after Christmas, we've started to see kind of, a, you know, more of a slowdown. And it's all of the same things that affect a lot of our industry. As you've seen, fuel here in Canada uh, has gone up from about a dollar twenty a liter uh, up to a dollar ninety-nine, and diesel fuel being well over two dollars a liter. Um, that's an 80% increase in 90% increase in fuel prices here. And they're holding. And and so there's that cost of transportation. That's one thing. Uh, the second thing is because of this hyperinflationary environment we live in. There, there, it's also creating a bit of a labor shortage and that labor shortage started with covid and in you know the canadian government decided uh that they would incentivize people uh financially to uh to you know ride out the covid storm so there was a lot of let's call it free money given out so when people were given free money they decided not to work and some of them got back into the workforce late last year but we're still seeing kind of a shortage of skilled labor in generally in, in in Canada and specifically in the mining business because mining is so strong right now and there's so many activities going on and so much drilling going on that it's very very difficult to get skilled drillers. So yeah I guess the, the answer to your question is the supply chain hasn't, you know, hasn't broken. It's still it's still delayed. There's still lots of problems. And the cost of delivering goods has gone up substantially. Um, but you know, and I don't see where we're going to see any light at the end of the tunnel just yet. We're still in a hyperinflationary environment. Canada six and a half percent for Q1 uh is what it looks like. US CPI is gonna be higher. Um, we're in for we're in for a bit of a hurt for for some time here. And and uh, I think we just have to do what we can, mitigate the steps to uh, to, to make things uh, work still, and take the necessary precautions. Uh, plan for the worst and and hope for the best.
0: Yeah, I'll certainly agree with you there. Um, I see you have a strong advisory board, um, David Graffalo and Craig Perry, Um and wonder what specific value they add to the company.
1: Yeah, it's 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 not just those, and, and I, I'd be. I'd be um I miss if I didn't uh, you know name them all. So I won't name any of them. But we have a, a very very strong board of CEOs in their own right, both men and women who are you know industry champions. And our advisory board, our industry champions, uh, you know, and and some of them are will go into the mining hall of fame in Canada. the The rationale behind it is quite simple, and it's quite selfish. Is when I decided that I was going to kind of come and 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 take on this this challenge and this role because I saw the opportunity. Um, I made it very clear to everybody, you know, and, and these are all colleagues of mine. Um, I made it very clear that, guys, I, I've been out of the capital market space in Vancouver and to a lesser degree Toronto for about five or six years. So I need to because I've been working for private equity in London on projects in Africa, and I just haven't needed to you know, to, to, to be able to interface uh, at those levels. So I need everyone's, you know, uh, network. I need their contacts. I need their ability to reach out to multiple eyes and get lots of eyes in the story. My view is liquidity comes from people. People come from, you know, their, their, their contacts. And if you make the base of the pyramid as wide as possible for every hundred eyes we get on the story. Five of them are going to go to our website, and for every hundred that go to our website, five of them are going to call their broker, and for every five hundred of them to call their broker, maybe fifty of them are going to buy our stock. So I need to make the base of the platform as wide as possible. So I have all of these ambassadors, all of these people um, on the advisory board, um, and, and let's uh, who who act as ambassadors and who can get the story out there and help me get the story out there. But let's face it, if we're ever faced with The scenario where you know we have to build this mind, and I've built three mines in my career. Pete Flindell and I have been together now for almost twenty years. We um, we have built minds together. We're we're, this is what we do, and 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 we're we're very good at it. We've been very successful at it in our careers. But you know, one man doesn't make a great company, and you know, uh, uh, you know, you, you need a leader for great companies. But what it takes at the end of the day are great teams of people, and. Everybody on our advisory board has either started, run or built you know single operation or multiple operation mining companies. A lot of guys on our board have also gone through the ranks of, of those um, of, of those stages as well. So I, I actually have a very, very experienced team to build Moss Lake if we ever had to. And yes, I'd have to put together you know more of a corporate team and more of a project team and more of an operating team and, and I've done all that before. So we can do it. Um, but, um, you know, if there's an opportunity to crystallize the value that we create for our shareholders in some sort of liquidity event, you know, that may well be first prize, but let's see in a year from now, let's see where this takes us. And, uh, and at that point in time, we'll have a better understanding of what the future holds after this time next year.
0: Yeah, certainly. Uh, the reasons why I mentioned David and Craig is because I both interviewed both of them for the podcast. So that's, that's the reason why, um, why has your share price been trading so low throughout uh, sort of throughout a very bumpy start to two thousand and twenty two?
1: It's a it's a great question, and and uh, and and I wish I had the silver bullet answer for it, but but there isn't a silver bullet answer. Last year, when I went when I started getting out to the conferences, I was in Denver, um, you know, for the gold show. Because um, you know they they were full, and in actual fact, they weren't full. But I got to Denver, and it was like it was like a ghost town. It was like I got the date wrong. There was nobody there, and I thought, you know, hey, this is a waste of time, and and quite frankly, it was it was a waste of money. But we had to get the story out there, and then as and and all affected by mostly by COVID, and as we kind of went through the conference season, you know, they became more and more well attended. And then we started to get some traction in the gold price, and we started to get some a little bit of traction in our share price. But let's face it, last year, people were doing 20% in, in asset classes that were not gold or were not mining. They were doing plus 20% and quite happy with the return on their investment. Gold did was flat last year, in maybe in Canadian dollars, it was down a couple of points, but in US dollars, it was flat. And gold equities were down 20%. So why am I going to move money out of a raging asset class that's doing 20% into an asset class that's down 20%? There's some logic as to why, but the macro has to now come clean. And the macro came clear in January when we wake up and we heard about the inflation uh, of Q3, Q4, and we started to see some traction in the gold price because in 2022, 2021, it would go up and then would pull back. It would go up and it would pull back. It was just range bound. And it just wouldn't break out. And, and it, it did once and, and came right back down to kind of 1800 into the 1700s. So I think now we started to feel that macro environment where gold is now going to have some, some really strong traction between 1800 and 2200. And in January, the market started to wake up and you started to feel like, okay, there's going to be a, a rotation of capital come out of those asset classes that did very well last year and they're going to come to the flight to safety. They're going to come as a hedge to that inflation because their cost of goods, their transportation costs, everything that's related to why they did so well last year when inflation was low is now going to be compounded when inflation's high. So they'll probably lose 20% this year when precious metals is probably going to do 20% this year and hopefully gold equities does it even more. So you started to feel this paradigm shift in January and then bang, February hit and it was risk off the Ukraine and the Russia crisis started to occur. And although it kept the gold price strong and global instability and, and global uncertainty keeps the gold price strong, it took the in the investment community right risk off. It just took, it, it, everyone went risk off. So then you, we started to see very little liquidity and it was very difficult for a couple of months time. I think now um, a, a lot of gold equities traded down as we did. But I think now what we're seeing is, is even though there's some risk coming back on, even though the global political uh, situation, geopolitical situation in the world is not great, uh, we're starting to see that there's going to be an end to it. However long it's going to take, but I think maybe there's some visibility down the road that that we've we've either been uh, numbed by the situation to the point where investors are coming back. That may well be true, Um, but. The reality is we're starting to see some pickups in the capital markets and 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 we had we had a great day yesterday. We were up twenty five percent. But the base that we started at was the lowest share price we've had in our history. And we're still trading under IPO. So the performance of Goldshore has been absolutely horrible. Yes, I accrete that m- mostly to the capital market space and the dynamics and the macro and how they affect juniors. But, you know, I also have to take some of this personally, and I have to say, you know what am I doing? and what am I not doing that that could be getting the more eyes on the story? So we've actually had to change gears on our IR and we've had to change gears on our our marketing and our advertising multiple times and until the point in time when when that the, when that formula, that silver bullet that we've all been looking for, is working. and And I think we're starting to get that right now. We're getting the demographic in the U.S. looking at our stock. We're getting a big demographic in Europe and the U.K. looking at our stock, and we're getting kind of we've washed out a lot of the I'll say the looser uh, stock um, uh, when we traded down to forty-five cents. And you know, I think we're we're on the way up to uh, to uh, to our potential now.
0: Yeah, Uh, obviously, following on talking about obviously the gold price, it has reached two thousand. I think last week sometime. How do you see the gold price moving throughout the rest of this year?
1: Yeah, and, and, and I've been very consistent about this. And, and for the first time in 35 years, I've probably got it right. <laughs> um, I actually thought gold price was going to run a little bit stronger last year. But I said we're going to be range bound between 1800 and 2200. There will be spikes above it and there will be pullbacks slightly lower than 1800. But I think it's the new floor. I just don't think we're going to see $1,500 gold anymore. And there's reasons for that. It's a $30 trillion debt of the US government. It's the $3 trillion budget deficit they run. It is the quantitative easing and the ability to print more money to get themselves out of situations and their monetary policy associated with all that. It's very, very low interest rates for the past 10 years. And, and you, we've created this hyperinflation you know, hyperinflation now where we've had the highest inflation for 40 years. And, and uh, it's, it's very, very, very problematic. I just don't see gold going back to the levels that we saw it pull back to before. Keep in mind, at 81 to 89, gold went from like $30 to kind of $600. And then 2001 to 2011, it went from $240, $250 all the way up to 1920, and uh, and yeah, then it pulled back, and we 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 pulled all the way back to 1100. But so you see, you have these big 10 year run ups, and then you have a pullback, and you have these big 10 year run ups, and you have a bit of a pullback, and they're they're aligned with the economic cycle of you know the the world, uh, mostly the U.S., but there there is some alignment to them. We seem to be stretching them out a bit further, but I think where we are now, from 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 a gold price scenario is we're not going to be going back. We're not going to have to see this big pullback by 50%. We're at 1800. We're at 1960, 1950, 1940 today. Uh, we're, we're going to stay around this, this, um, this area for some time to come. And yeah, we may see events that take it above 2200, but this is uh this is kind of a, a, the, what feels right. It's not, doesn't feel too heavy. It feels like the right price range for, for gold to be trading at. So that's my view. And I think that that's uh, probably my five-year view. I just don't see where there's there's going to be many situations that are going to make it run. I'm not a $3,000 gold guy. I know David is. I'm not a $3,000 gold guy. Uh, maybe, maybe the odd spike in the next 10 years, but you know, I just don't see it sustaining at those levels. And I understand the reasons why a, a lot of the gold bulls think it should stay at $3,000. I just think that There's a lot of other kind of global factors that gold at $3,000 destabilizes a lot of African countries in a very, very big way. And I just don't think we'll see that.
0: Yeah. And obviously, a rising gold price is a result of a, a failing currency, which is why you're probably suggesting that that's happening, because obviously, the currency is being printed into oblivion, it seems. So hence the reason why the gold price should start rising and not pull back to the levels that you Uh, mentioned. Yeah, that's right. Um, What would you say to investors looking to buy some sort of gold junior juniors um, and your, and I suppose your reasons for investing in gold shore resources? Yeah,
1: I I think I, I, I take a bit of an agnostic, even though I'm biased, I take a bit of an agnostic view on this. And I'll ask an investor, you know, why do you want to buy gold? And, And if they tell me they want to buy gold as safety, as security, as as some sort of hedge against inflation, as some sort of hedge against geopolitical uncertainty and instability. I think that's a good answer. And and historically that's been the right answer. And and it's why I would say well why you know would you buy crypto? Would you buy other asset classes, you know, as a as a flight to safety and if the answer is no, then that, again, historically that's been the right answer. So and then I go on, well, why do you want to buy gold equities? And 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 the, the, the whole reason is gold equities historically have traded at multiples higher than the actual gold price. So you get a premium to a gold equity based on growth, based on reserve growth, based on production growth. So you we historically used to get a 1.4, 1.6, 1.8 premium on on uh, trading on trading multiples. If we were trading on five times earnings or seven times earnings, we would get an actual big multiple to that, and that hasn't happened for some time. This it may happen in the next cycle, but that's that's why you want to hold gold equities because there's a bit of leverage to actually holding gold physical. Maybe you want to hold gold physical by an ETF, and although they're not asset backed, they're paper backed, and, and for every dollar they have, other they don't have a hold a dollar in in story of gold in storage, but. You know, you want to play gold, play an ETF. But if you want leverage, you're going to play a gold equity. Now, you want real leverage, you're going to play gold shore because we have four million ounces on the path to ten, and I can show you well beyond ten. And this is going to be a project that is going to be built. This is going to be a project that'll be built by me and my team, or it'll be built by you know the the barracks, the Newmonts, the Newcrest, the Agnicos, the I am Golds, the Kinrosses of the world um and there's 20 or 30 of those you know companies have the capacity to do this because they need reserve depletion they need to, they need to restock they need to they need production growth they need earnings growth and a lot of them are going through some very challenging times Barrick has having, uh, having difficulty replacing reserves Kinross have just lost their rather their uh, russian business and they're going to sell Sherano and so they may reevaluate their, their, their I'll say their, their, their geography and where they're located. So they may have production gaps. And although they've bought Great Bear, but that's 10 years away from production or eight years away, everybody has their own little pipeline. And you you need to constantly keep filling that pipeline so you can grow the business. So you get that 1.4, 1.5 times uh, earnings multiple. And uh, so there's lots of companies that are lacking it. So. Yeah. Why gold? Why gold equities? And why gold shore? Because we have the ultimate leverage to the answers to those questions. We're trading at one-fifth our current economics. We're trading at $49, $50 million market cap today. And companies like ours trade at 0.3 times NPV. And at $1,800 gold, that's a $220 million market cap company. We're 50. And so that's one-fourth of, of, of where we should be, one-fifth where we should be trading. Um, that's our starting point. We add this to a tier one status, and we're talking about a 2 to $3 billion post-tax NPV. That's a six to $900 million company, and we're at $50 million today. So you want earnings potential uh, personally, um, then you look for leverage, and you look for size, scale, growth, and execution. So you start ticking boxes about, do we have the people to do this? I think we do. And I think we have the leadership to do it. And I think Pete uh, is a tremendous leader on the ground. Do we have the geology to do it? And we have a proven uh, 20-kilometer mineralized trend. We can show it on our website graphically in our Verify 3D website. And do we have the ability to demonstrate that and prove that? Well, we're fully cashed up. We've got a 20,000 meters into our 100,000 meter program. So this is for us about execution. The only, the, we have mitigated the geological risk, the metallurgical risk, the ESG risk, other technical risk. We have mitigated all that because we address them right up front. We're very frank about it. And we, if we address them, then we solve them. And if we solve them, then they don't become a risk anymore. But we, you, you always have to execute and execution risk is going to be uh, you know, what we have to uh, deliver on. And if we deliver on that, I think everything else will, you know, fall into place in one shape or form. I can say what our goal is. I can say what our target is. I may overshoot it, but I I know one thing, I'm certainly not setting myself up for failure and I'm going to undercook it. So, so I'm very conservative in the approach we take. And, and even that is still very, very big leverage to kind of where, where we're trading today.
0: Yeah. A um, couple more questions. Um, what's the outlook for the rest of the year for yourself and Goldshore?
1: Yeah. So yeah, yeah, this is just more of the same. I know it's boring, but we're, we're going to put out drill results every three or four weeks. They're going to be boring. They're going to be one gram, 1.2, 1.4 grams over 100 meters. It's going to be more of the same. And boring is good because boring is going to validate what, what what I'm saying, is that we have a large disseminated deposit. Uh, it's a kilometer wide and uh, six seven kilometers long, with six seven twenty you know six seven eight kilometers of potential beyond that. We're not going to get to that. We're trying to build as big a resource that I can put a pitch shell on that I can put a pea together on as possible, and that is going to demonstrate the the the, the bulk of the project. Uh, you, you always have to leave some uh, uh, some upside on the table. We can't get through everything, but but I'm trying to demonstrate. With as little money as possible in as short a time as possible, how big the the and the, the size and potential of this is. So this year is going to be a lot of the same uh, consistent drill results, and, um, and I think along the way you'll we'll we'll see maybe uh, some surprises. Uh, you know maybe how the, the business uh, grows. Uh, we're going to see see. Uh, I'm I'm always out looking for things. I'm always out looking for opportunity. Uh, i'm an entrepreneur by nature so i i like to i like to to look i i don't turn my ears on anything even if it's the worst project in the world i i, I probably run through 20 or 30 a week and um yeah i, I so i i'm always looking at things and my team's always looking at things so yeah i think you're going to see delivery and execution this year this this year and and uh, and leading up to our study work that'll start at the end of the year
0: yeah, and lastly, have you got any uh, last or final thoughts for our audience?
1: Yeah, you know, I I, I had a you know I had a couple of conversations over the last week with with people and and I think the sentiment is starting to change now in regards to uh, investing uh, investing in gold and investing in gold equities. Um, I, I it was very difficult last year. There's no two ways about it, but I think people are starting to see. This 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 uh, aircraft carrier starting to turn and it's starting to turn in a direction that reminds me of two thousand one, two thousand two, two thousand three all over again. You know the the cost of living is going up and it's not transitory. It's not going away. <clears throat> yeah, there there'll be some short term you know band aids to fix fuel prices. You know, like the U.S. has brought in a bunch of reserve oil. The short-term fixes are not long-term solutions, and uh, the, the the general kind of cost of living has gone up, and it's I, it's really really going to impair um, companies' earnings. And I think we are living in a time of uh, in the capital markets where you know it's not a bubble um, in in certain sectors. To me, and I've heard this. I'm not. I'm, I'm quoting this, so I'm not coming up with this. I'm coining this. This is an everything. Bubble. Everything is trading way above where it should. Except mining. Except gold mining. And and I don't say that you know selectively. I say that because it's true. I I, I think there is a big day of reckoning coming in the capital markets. And and I just don't think it's this is this uh, this is sustainable uh, of what we're seeing. And 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 let's face it. The U.S. started this in twenty. 20- Oh, 2016, um, this, this all started with, uh, you know, with, um, with uh, polarization of the media, polarization of uh, partisan politics, and this artificial, ar- this artificial created uh, market that things are good, and things are not that good, and, and things are getting worse, and and the pandemic was bad, let's respect it, and let's move forward. But it wasn't it wasn't a nothing burger. It was a something burger. It really hurt and killed a lot of people and probably should have uh, been handled much differently globally. but it wasn't. and and let's learn from that, and let's carry on. but i I am very cautious in my investments right now. I'm very cautious because I, I really do think there is a day of reckoning coming. and and yes, I you know a quarter to a third of my portfolio sits in gold right now, and i'm I'm way overweighted, but but I believe in in this thesis, and um, and I and I and I certainly don't want to be exposed to uh, you know to a, to a Black Thursday or a Black Monday or a Black Friday uh, or whatever that day is going to come. And it's not a matter of if; I think it's a matter of when. And and and, and just like I, I think there will be a day of reckoning for for gold equities, and it's not a matter of if. And um, and yeah, so I I, I see that no better time to get into gold shore than now. Our share price has never been lower. Um, our opportunity has never been higher, and our probability of delivery has never been higher. So, uh, all of those boxes are ticked, and and we are we are positioning for a trajectory on the up.
0: Yeah, certainly, Brett. Really appreciate your time, and um, yeah, I can I can see you're passionate about uh, gold, Shore, and obviously, especially the gold market as well. And I I agree with virtually everything you've said there. Um, gold has sort of been, uh, or the precious metals has been undervalued and is an undervalued asset to other classes. So if it is undervalued, where does it go next? goes to fair value, yep. then overvalue. So, yeah, yep. I agree with, with everything you said there. Um, if our audience wants to reach out to you, if they want to know more information about Goldshore, how can they go about doing that? Are you across <clears throat> any social media platforms?
1: I, I am. Um, so I, and first of all, thank you. and And I welcome people to reach out to me because I... I want as many eyes on the story as possible. And if it means I have to do them two eyes at a time, I will. <laughs> but um, I can be reached at info at goldshoreresources.com. That comes directly to me, and I'll directly answer what, you, uh, what you're looking for. If you want 15, 20, 30 minutes with me on Zoom, uh, have those conversations and, and share my view and share the update of, of the project. I am on Twitter. I am on Facebook. And I am on uh, LinkedIn. And if you go to our website uh, goldshortresources.com, you'll see all of the links to all the social media platforms in there, and um, and yeah, we are going to be starting a YouTube channel fairly soon. Uh, again, when I talked earlier about trying to get more eyes on the story and changing the way we do it, this is the new way, and that's why we're talking, Rob.
0: Yeah, certainly. How how do you feel doing all of this new kind of stuff? Is it is it pretty new to you? Like a lot of this social media stuff and YouTube and
1: well, I, I think I'm the only one in my family. Uh, to, to, I don't have a Facebook account. I don't have a Twitter account. I don't have an Instagram account. I had LinkedIn from a long time ago, uh, only because it, it, I was bored one day and I signed up for it. But but um, uh, we used to do road shows where I would go to London, New York, Toronto, San Francisco, Texas. And we'd see 80, 90% of our shareholder base in, in two weeks. Now, 90% of my shareholders are retail and they're scattered all over the world. And, and how, do you, how do you have that same impact? The only way, and, and I, I've been resistant. Hey, I'm 57 years old. I've been very resistant to, to being a part of it. So I, I, guys my age do. They hire a kid who's 23, who knows this stuff inside and out. We, I produce the content he just types it out and, and sends it off, but it's coming from me. But it's uh, it's it's really content that uh, that uh, that that I have to use somebody for because, quite frankly, in this day and age, I don't have the time to spend on any of that. Um, but uh, but it's necessary and it's needed because because you got to get those eyes on.
0: Yeah, yeah, certainly. And any, any of those people that are listening that are maybe an older generation, um, Brett's obviously demonstrating that that's potentially what's needed if you want more exposure to your mining project or your mining company or or anything where you want more exposure and more people to know about your story, what you're doing. Um, it is social media at the moment to get that message across. Hence the reason why I, I, I do this podcast. Hence the reason why I put this onto YouTube as well. So um, no, I, uh, it, I appreciate you uh, being up front there and, and doing it and sort of good luck with that. And if you need any help, um, obviously feel free to, to reach out to me. For
1: sure. Thanks, Rob.
0: And um, those that are listening, um, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Please look at um, Goldshore's website and obviously there's all the links. Or I'll put all the links in the show notes the company's podcast as well. Um, so yeah, feel free to reach out to Brett. He's, e- he's even offering, offering his time if, he, if you have any questions and you can have a chat with him. So I appreciate if you can uh, take up the opportunity uh, for those that are interested in Goldshore, the gold market, because um, I'm sure Brett's got a, Brett's got a wealth of information and I'm sure they, he can point you in the right direction and give you some valuable information. So appreciate sharing this episode to others around the world, whether you're in Canada, UK, Australia, anywhere, Africa. Um, please keep sharing this content. It is useful and it's educating the mining industry. So until next time, happy mining. Thank you for listening.